are you doing out there? Welcome to episode 20 of Stray Dog Footy, an American podcast on Australian rules football. As always, I am Frodo, your wayward bulldog stuck here in Florida, dodging hurricanes and viruses like marquee footy players avoid suspensions by the tribunal. I'm kidding, of course, but honestly, I'm not sure what's more confusing these days. What is holding the ball? Or what is a dangerous tackle? Now, of course, I'm biased, but why was Hayden Crozier suspended earlier in the season for a tackle that seemed less severe than a plethora of review recently? All, or at least most of whom, got dismissed, too. This inconsistency is not a good look at all. You know what else isn't a good look? When an AFL club says that, due to COVID's impact on their finances, they need to suspend their VFLW team next year. And then a day later, they brag about selling another 100,000 memberships again this year. I'm looking at you, Richmond Football Club. And yes, I know I'm not an accountant and I don't have access to your financial statements. But honestly, I find the timing of it disgusting. If smaller clubs can still afford to field both VFW and AFLW teams, it kind of looks like you just don't care that much about women's sports. In fact, I would call a slap in the face of your unfortunate young female athletes. I almost wish I had a membership to Tigerland just so I could cancel it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I out of bounds on the full here? Also, while we're in the negativity spin, and I hesitate to bring it up as it just gives trolls the attention they so desperately desire, but I am encouraged by Bulldog's great Lin Jong, who called out an abhorrent racist interaction he was the victim of on social media. I only hope they catch the moron behind the account and shame and punish him or her accordingly. From all reports, Lin Jong is just a solid bloke who always gives his all on the field, even at the expense of his body and career. He certainly is no stranger to the medical rooms of the kennel and probably every stadium where they play AFL as well. I truly hope he knows how much he is loved by the fans and how proud we are of him for standing up against racism. Okay, on to a more positive topic. It finally looks like players diving for free kicks is being looked at with more scrutiny. There's talk of a $500 fine having its decimal point moved over with another zero added in and maybe even suspensions. Of course, how this would be implemented and adjudicated is another story. And I know you're never going to eliminate it completely. For as long as there's been sports with referees, fooling the powers that be has been a part of it. But at least there's a conversation about it now. I absolutely believe that taking a dive is the same as cheating, and it is a blight, in fact an insult, to the very game that they're playing and we love. And I'm not talking about losing your multi-bet. It's about integrity as athletes and respect for the fans. Hopefully, this will stamp out the worst of it. That being said, while I understand the anger staging stirs up, it is never okay to make death threats against players or their families, and mad props go out to the authorities for making a prompt arrest when Richmond's Dylan Grimes contacted them. It is, after all, despite all evidence to the contrary, still just a game. One that my state of mind is completely interwoven with, but still just a game. Okay, 
Let's take a look at round 13. With all modesty, I have to say I did pretty good this week with my tips. I got 8 out of 9 correct. The only one I missed was the first match, which started on Friday up in the Northern Territory at TIO Stadium, where we had the Suns and the Blues. Carlton proved too much for the Gold Coast and won by a score of 60-27. to And how good was it seeing Betts and Rankin trading Guernseys after the game? You just have to love it when players love the game as much as we do. Then we had my awesome Bulldogs taking on the D's. The Doggies led after the first quarter, then the Demons took a 7-point lead into halftime. But after that, it was pretty much a dog day afternoon as Bevo shifted around his pieces like Bobby Fischer. The Bulldogs scorched six goals in a row in the third term and never looked back, winning by a score of 80-52. to A nice early birthday present for the coach as well. Of notice was Mitch Wallace finally kicking four goals in a single game for a personal best. There was no blood rule this week, sending him off the field as he was about to take a set shot on goal. And judging by the current bids on his match-worn indigenous currency from this game, he is only securing his status as a Bulldog fan favorite. Okay, now on to the bond. Don't tell anyone, okay, but I was actually a little worried when he took over the captaincy this year. Not that I thought he wouldn't be a great skipper, mind you. It was just that... Well, to use a rock and roll analogy, you don't have your lead guitarist booking the hotel rooms. What I mean is, you want him doing what he does best and not be distracted by other things. Well, of course, I forgot that Bontempelli is indeed superhuman. And he is just where he needs to be right now. He can direct his team where he wants them and then deliver the ball just where it has to be. So rock on, maestro. Rock on. Libba, of course, was awesome as usual. And I'm not even just talking about his numbers. He does things that you aren't even supposed to be able to do with the ball. And then there's all those intangibles that there just are no stats for. Just like with his dad, there's just something about having a liberatory out on the field next to you that elevates the game of your teammates. And let's not underestimate the havoc he can cause in the mindset of opposing teams with his antics. I had the pleasure of talking with him once, and I can tell you right here that neither the words larrikin or troublemaker have enough syllables to describe him. I'm also thrilled by a couple of new smalls making names for themselves in the red, white, and blue. Laith Vandermeer and Ben Cavera at midfield and forward respectively. Both are scrappy and full of the confidence of youth, and the future looks bright indeed at the kennel. Next, on Saturday, we had Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. Many think Clarko's Golden Brown Dynasty is officially over, but to be fair, the power is a pretty tough nut to crack this season, and they won by a score of 68-58. to Better luck next time, Hawthorne. Also, up in Darwin on Saturday, we had the Bombers and the Tigers. Once again, Tom Lynch was in the center of controversy, but Richmond went on to win by a score of 73-61. to However, how great was the debut of the Mosquito Bomber himself, with the indigenous round played in Darwin being the perfect backdrop? This kid is going to be fun to watch, as long as he's not playing your team, of course. And again, I really hope they do something about the staging, but I have already spoken my piece and counted to three on that.
Bonus points if you can name that movie reference. Next, we saw Frio vs. Sydney, 50-19. The Dockers were far too strong for the Young Swans. Their defense like purple quicksand. My blood supporter friends, you have my sympathies. Not a good day at the office. Sunday's action started with Adelaide and Geelong. I'm pretty sure everyone not wearing a straitjacket picked the Cats to win. And of course they did. By a score of 65-37. to 37. But dang if the Crows didn't make a show of it. They scored first and came within two points a few minutes into the third quarter on one of the best goals I have seen all year. Then, even tied it up a few minutes later. But in the end, the sheer talent and endurance of the Cats at the top of their form proved too much. Unfortunately, the string of injuries and or suspensions I was hoping would befall the hoop ones from the southern tip of Victoria didn't happen and Geelong looks as strong as ever as they head into next week. At least ex-Bulldog Luke Dollhouse tried to do us a solid and get a week off, but the tribunal just did not want to cooperate. Oh well. Next, we had the Lions and the Saints. Despite Brizzy still being inaccurate against the goalposts, they pretty much demolished St. Kilda as far as shots on goal, if not on the score sheet. In fact, the Saints even scored more goals than the Lions, but in the end, helped by the sheer number of behinds, the residents of Wulongaba won by a narrow score of 50-48. to 48. Then we had West Coast and GWS. The Eagles are still seemingly invincible at Optus Stadium and won their eighth in a row by a score of 61-49. to 49. Good thing for the rest of the league, they have to leave the nest soon. The last game of the round on Monday Night Footy gave us Collingwood against North Melbourne. You know, while both teams were wearing their indigenous guernseys, and I have to say I really like the Kangaroos version, anytime these two teams play, I always wonder what it was like watching them back in the black and white television days wearing their traditional Guernseys. That had to be a lot of similar looking stripes out there. Anyway, despite North going out to an early lead, the Pies came back and dominated, winning by a score of 65-35. to Alright, before I get into the next round, I want to take a moment to talk about a piece of rather sad news I woke up to this morning. Unfortunately, former Bulldog Neil Saxe passed away yesterday in South Australia. If you're not familiar with his name, it is probably because he didn't play very many games in the VFL. And if you have heard about him, there's a good chance it's because of the horrific injury he suffered in just his second match at that level. In my case, it was the latter, and it is a subject I have avoided talking about. Until now, anyway. There is a saying I've heard that goes something like, Funerals are for the living. And I often think that when I attend or hear about a service, wouldn't it have been great if people had gathered and said all these nice things when the person was still alive to hear it? But of course, I failed to mention Mr. Saxe on my podcast until now, a day after his death. But I will try to make some small measure of amends, at least to honor his memory, if nothing else. Vale Neil Saxe was born on January 3, 1951. He grew up playing the game he loved, Aussie Rules Football, from the age of nine 
and playing in seven youth grand finals by the time he was 15. From 1970 to 1974, Neil played 89 games for the North Adelaide Roosters in the Sandful, or South Australian National Football League, racking up 114 goals and playing for a premiership win in 1971. He also represented South Australia five times in interstate matches. In 1975, at the age of 24, his talent having been noticed by scouts of Victoria, he transferred to the then Footscray Bulldogs in the then VFL. During only his second game for the Bulldogs, in round two on April 12th at the then Western Oval, he collided with a Fitzroy player in a freak accident, which resulted in him becoming a quadriplegic. He permanently lost function of both legs and some use of both hands, though he retained the ability to move his arms and to breathe on his own. The injury sent shockwaves throughout the football world and changed the way clubs manage suspected spinal cord injuries since. For himself, Neil carried on as a husband and father of two toddlers. In 1994, he co-founded what would later be called the Neil Sachse Foundation, which raises money for spinal cord research. After spending 40 years in a wheelchair, in 2015, Mr. Sachse released his autobiography called Playing On. The tagline reads, The incredible story of a top recruit who suffered the worst injury in footy ever and still found the strength to thrive and inspire. Anyone who ever knew him seems to have been taken by his strength of spirit, and he leaves behind a legacy both on the field and after. To quote the man himself, Having a positive attitude was part of my solution. By drowning in my sorrows, others around me would drown. By being happy within myself, I knew that other people would follow. Neil died yesterday, August 25th, 2020 at the age of 69. I will leave a link to a YouTube video of a news clip from 2009 with Mr. Saxe in the show notes. I have also posted it in the Western Bulldogs International Fans Group. I highly recommend watching it. It is definitely a bit of footy soup for the soul. Oh, and I just ordered his book from eBay, too. Okay, did you catch your breath this week? Because Footy Frenzy Part 2 is upon us. Let's look ahead to Round 14. First off, Adelaide fans, I guarantee you won't lose a game this round. Mostly because both the Crows and the Lions have buys this week. Sorry, I couldn't resist. But I know I should be better than kicking a club when they are down. But then again... You did knock my Bulldogs out of the finals on more than one occasion in our shared histories, so... Sorry, not sorry? Moving on. On Thursday, we start off with a doubleheader. First off, we have Hawthorne and Essendon. Honestly, I am not sure what I'm more excited about. Seeing Mosquito play again, or the second coming, a.k.a. the return of Joe Danaher. It's been about two years since he last played, and I am very interested in his form and just what effect this will have for the Bombers. What do you guys think? How about you, Rosanna, of the AFL Obsessed podcast? Is Dan Hurd the savior you have been waiting for? Here in the States, you can see this match on Fox Sports 1. 
Next, we have possibly the game of the week, if not the season. The Tigers and the Eagles. Luckily for Richmond, this is West Coast's first game away from Optus Stadium in a while, and the rest of the league are pretty much hoping they get homesick very fast. But if and when this happens, remains to be seen. And you can see it on Fox Sports 2 here on American TV. Then on Friday Night Footy, we have my Bulldogs taking on the very scary Cats. Well, there's no denying it, Geelong are the heavy favorites, and judging by their play of late, it is easy to see why. However, I'm actually feeling like the Bulldogs will go alright for some reason. Perhaps I'm delusional, perhaps I see everything through red, white, and blue goggles, or perhaps I'm just grateful that we are facing the cats away from the litter box. Just kidding, Craig, you know I meant the cattery where Geelong have been nearly unbeatable for at least as long as I have been following the AFL. But, like you've said on your A Yank on the Footy podcast, we will be fighting like cats and dogs indeed. And I can't wait to see it starting at 5.30am here in the Eastern Time Zone of the United States on Fox Sports 2. Then, early on Saturday, we have Port Adelaide and Sydney. I feel the Swans are looking at another painful outing, honestly, as the power is the latter leader for a reason. And Bonnie, if you are listening, I hope I'm wrong for your sake, if nothing else. Here in the U.S. of A., you can see it on Fox Sports 2, actually starting just before midnight in the Eastern Time Zone on Friday night. Then, also on Saturday, we have the Dockers and the Giants. Looking like an early elimination final, if you ask me. Both Frio and GWS must win to have any real chance at the postseason, I think. And this match will be broadcast on Fox Sports 1. Well, it was almost as if it was divine innovation that the TV show Lucifer released some long-awaited new episodes this week on Netflix because we have the demons taking on the Saints, also on Saturday. Now, no matter which side of the aisle you place your tip, this should be a good match. Both teams are coming off of disappointing losses in which their form was questioned and both teams are looking to get righteous once again. If you have access to ESPN3, you can see this holy war on American television. Interesting side note, I have heard that St. Kilda chose their nickname the Saints in direct response, or at least in part, to Melbourne's nickname, the Demons, to portray a more godly image do we have any footy historians out there who knows if this is true? Please let me know if you do. I will share my contact information in just a few minutes. Okay, next on Sunday, we have the latest installment of a famous and bitter rivalry, Carlton and Collingwood. Diehards of both clubs will tell you that they could lose every other game all season, and it would be okay as long as they won these matchups. And this one may be a lot harder to tip than it has been for a long time. Should be a ripper. Stateside, you can see how this turns out on ESPN2. The last match of the round gives us the Suns and the Kangaroos. Both clubs are desperate for a win. And Gold Coast actually has home field advantage this time, something of a rarity these days. Unfortunately, I don't believe this match will be shown on American TV, 
So as always, I recommend any serious fans of Aussie Rules get a subscription to the Watch AFL app. If you haven't already, just go to www.watchafl.com and sign up for a few months. Then next year, get an international membership from your favorite club. You'll get an annual pass to the app at a reduced rate, as well as get some cool team merchandise. And you'll actually be counted as a member of your club. And literally taking ownership of your team is a great feeling, unlike anything you're likely to find in American sports. Unless, of course, you happen to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But as much as I love cheese and bratwurst, I'm not sure I could handle those winners up there. So, there's another of the many reasons why I'm a fan of the AFL. As always, I provide a link to where I get my international membership and watch AFL pass in the show notes. So get to clicking already. Well, I think that should just about do it for this episode. As always, I thank you so much for listening. I would be so grateful if you'd be kind enough to share a link to this podcast with your family and friends. And maybe, if you would, consider giving me a like and a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Stray Dog Footy Podcast can be found on your favorite podcast player, which might just be at straydogfooty.podbean.com, or wherever you click into. I would just love to hear your feedback. Please let me know what you like or even what you don't like so much about this podcast. As I'm sure you can understand, your feedback is the best tool I have to let me know how I'm doing and what I can improve upon. And let's be honest, when someone tells you they actually learned something from your mad scribblings and mumblings, that is quite the rush too. As always, you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at a stray dog footy and by email at straydogfooty at yahoo.com. I should perhaps mention that I am not endorsed by or officially affiliated with either the Australian Football League or the Western Bulldogs Football Club, beyond being a huge fan and supporter. Likewise, I am not endorsed or affiliated with Pegging and Rejected as much as I am a fan of their music, especially their song Red, White, Black and Blue, which I used a portion of as the intro to this episode. I will also place out to their entire song and, of course, leave a link in the show notes to their music. I'm just so grateful that they allow me to use their stuff, and many people tell me they love the song. In all honesty, it is probably the best part of the podcast. But hey, if you leave your feedback, perhaps one day I can at least break even with them. Anyway, that is it for now. Enjoy this round of the Footy Frenzy. I'll see you next time on the Stray Dog Footy Podcast. Cheers!